This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Abortion is a tragic part of our lives as Americans. <laughs> and uh, even though we've overturned Roe versus Wade, we have quite the uphill battle because it's not going to change until we change people's hearts. And Babies are babies. They're not clumps of cells. Moms are not killers, for the most part. They're not killers. They are people that feel trapped and don't feel like they have any other way to go. So what do we do? First, let's show that those are babies. $28 pays for a free ultrasound for a mom that's considering ending her child's life. You double the chances of life when mom sees the the fingers and the toes and the baby and the heartbeat. Then you empower them because you also are standing by them with preborn for the next two years or so with everything that she might need. Medical care, clothing for the kids, everything. Preborn.com slash Glenn. That's preborn.com slash Glenn. Go there now. Two stories that are barely getting anybody's attention that have happened in the last 10 days. Another one is about to happen. And I think these two stories, and this is quite a statement, I believe may end up being as important as what's happening in Israel. These are massive stories, I believe. And they're already baked into the cards and it is going to completely change our life i'll explain in 60 seconds might be time to think about the dangers of shopping online how it could expose uh, a lot or even all of your personal data cyber criminals love that stuff they do a lot more uh, online than you know of as you're doing a lot more than just shopping your data can be susceptible through all of the stuff that you do while you're online especially when you're shopping 
Everything you have could be gone in a moment. Now, nobody can protect all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com and use the promo code BECK. It's lifelock.com, promo code BECK, or 1-800-LIFELOCK. All right, let me give you a couple of uh, stories here real quick, and then uh, I'm going to have somebody explain uh, some of these things. First of all, President Biden signed an executive order last Monday, and it was, you know, we're just trying to strike a balance between innovation and regulation of artificial intelligence. What it does is it gives the left a free pass into capturing the most important technological advancement possibly of all mankind. They're using the Defense Production Act, and it gives the government oversight and regulatory scrutiny of the industry by creating new reporting requirements, interagency coordination and handling AI. It calls for the development of new technological standards and tools for the evaluation of AI systems. It also uh, calls for AI companies to report on training, security, testing, dual AI models, blah, blah, blah. It also requires AI developers to provide safety test results and to make sure that we're baking in DEI. Perfect. By the way, it also is in the regulations. It allows the federal government to look through every line of code in software. I don't know. That sounds like a problem. So controlling AI is the first story. The second story is coming from the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, looking for digital equity. This is a power grab that is unlike any power grab ever uh, in the FCC history. This will grab all of the uh, Internet and give the United States government and this administration with the FCC complete control of every aspect of the Internet. We have a Federal Communications uh, Commission Commissioner Brendan Carr with us now. Uh, Brendan, how are you? I'm doing great. Good to be with you. Thank you. Can you explain what this means? Yeah, well, look, first of all, I think you're you're right to put this in a in a broader perspective. There's a lot of individual actions that are taking place right now in the government that could just look like sort of unconnected, disconnected, isolated pinpricks. But right. But to your point, in to switch analogies, there's a far, far broader mosaic that is taking shape. And we have to wake up and take a look at it. So as you noted, um, the Biden administration has this AI executive order. And look, I'm all for sort of putting some, you know, common yes. sense guardrails in place. But this thing goes way beyond towards government control. And there's lots of other pieces going on. As you mentioned, uh, President Biden has called on the FCC here, where I work, to put in place a digital equity plan for the Internet. And that plan would have the FCC, for the very first time ever, uh, assert intrusive new controls and regulation of the Internet. Literally every feature of the service, the speed, the latency, the pricing, how long installation times go, 
um, and where internet can be built or not built for the very first time. I mean, we have never put a regulatory regime like that in place in probably 50 years at the FCC. You have to go all the way back to sort of the, the New Deal era when we were regulating the mobile telephone monopoly, a point in time in which there was virtually no distinction between the private sector and the government. And one other piece of this real quick, just two days ago, Jim Jordan put out a new report that showed that the government had been colluding to censor Mm -hmm. the free speech rights of private citizens. And so this is all part of one plan, whether it's jawboning social media, whether it's AI, or whether it's this digital equity plan that we're going to vote on at the FCC next week. It's all about government control. I certainly think it can be used for nefarious purposes, but also it's just, it's fundamentally a rejection of what we are as a country. It's a rejection of free market capitalism. I have my concerns with, with big corporations, don't get me wrong, but this is absolutely sort of a progressive approach that uh, r- really feels like, you know, Bernie Sanders has captured the FCC. Well, I mean, I, I will tell you, if you're building the same kind of system, the last time it was seen uh, was Ma Bell. Look what that did to that technology. It wasn't until we got out of the phone regulation business that we had answering machines and call waiting and uh, all kinds of uh, wireless communication. None of that stuff. I mean, I remember when it used to be really expensive to make a long distance call. I don't pay. I can call China today and I'm not paying extra for it. I mean, everything changed when the government got out of that business. Well, you're right. Look, in in a couple of years ago, six years ago, um, we ended this Obama era experiment with heavy handed regulation of the Internet called Title II. It was branded uh, in the public as net neutrality. because That sounds like a very positive thing. Who could be against net neutrality? But what we saw the last time they tried to do this with heavy handed controls was a decrease in investment in this space. And when we repealed Title II. Uh, in 2017, if you remember, it was a total uh, sort of apocalyptic prediction. It would be the end of the Internet. CNN ran a banner headline, end of the Internet as we know it. Well, what's happened since then? Internet speeds are up six-fold. Uh, prices are down relative to inflation. Prices for actually heavy regulated industries like utilities, water, power, sewer, the prices for those services have increased at two times the price as Internet. And so, again... Uh, you know, we have this approach where the Biden administration's policies are failing and they're looking for a scapegoat and it's the private sector. And what they're doing instead of, you know, riding the ship is they're going further to the left. And their view essentially, I guess, is that we've really never tried real command and control regulation of the Internet. But that's exactly where we're heading now. So what does this mean to people like me um, and the blaze um, under this kind of regulation will will I have to jump if I were starting the blaze like I did, you know, 12 years ago, nobody was doing it. We had to make our own rules and make our own way and make our own technology to do it. Um, could you it, under this? Can do I have to jump through extra hoops? Do I have to, you know, be, you know, uh, DEI loving or anything else? Well, look, you know, this is the, this is putting the FCC in charge of entire industries that we never regulated before. Before, as you know, from your, from your background, it was sort of broadcasters and it was to some extent ISPs themselves. But now we say, if you are at all in the chain of this, you know, communications space, 
you're going to be sort of newly subject to the FCC. Whether it reaches as far as you, I, I don't think so, but it also doesn't need to because the broader plan, whether it's you know the censorship industrial complex that we're seeing right now uh, or this Title II approach where the FCC is asked in that proceeding whether they should be blocking uh, IP addresses, you know, the broader plan is one that certainly, you know, brings you within the realm of the federal government wanting to, to control. And it's, you know, it's good that you got up and running uh, in, in a very different regime. Um, but we have to change course here. And I think, you know, litigation is one aspect. Thankfully, there's a lot of favorable Supreme Court law right now um, that is reigning in the administrative state. Uh, and I hope that that, you know, is is something that happens here. Because again, if you step back, people look at, you know, the presidency and the House and the Senate and how often those change hands. But the administrative state, the alphabet soup of agencies in Washington, D.C., has been under the control of Democrats for approaching 12 out of the last 16 years, a very important period of time for economic growth in this country. Um, and so it's a good thing that the Supreme Court is starting to uh, look at some of these power grabs that the agencies are attempting to do. With the FCC involved, let me switch gears over to the uh, use of A.I., what is what is the FCC's role with AI? It shouldn't be much, but this executive order does direct the FCC to play a role. And I've, I've seen this before. Look, I spent a lot of time in Europe, in Brussels, in this job, uh, talking with my colleagues over there. And Europe has a very, very different approach when it comes to new technology. They hold roundtables. They hold listening sessions. They hold salons. They look at it. They spin it around. And on the front end, before they let anybody use it, it's got to be acceptable to the government. The U.S. historically has taken a very different approach. Right. That's why Silicon Valley developed here. Yes. That's why the you know, Internet giants, for good or for bad, are based here because of permissionless innovation. And what the Biden administration is doing with this AI executive order is the exact playbook that I have seen take place in salons all across Brussels for the last 10 or 15 years. And it's resulted in innovation really getting squeezed in Europe. And you don't see them leading on 4G. Yeah. You don't see them leading on 5G. You don't leave them seating on, you know, search or social media. And so it's concerning to me that we are going to sort of, you know, down level the playing field there. This, uh, this will leave all of this. Yeah. This will leave all of this to China. Right. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, all of these constraints um, are not taking place in China. And there's a very unlevel playing field. I mean, our uh, Internet providers, uh, sorry, our online companies here, social media are not even allowed to do business in China. Uh, and, and so it's a very asymmetrical regime already. And so, yeah, we have to be very careful um, that we don't hold back, uh, you know, positive entrepreneurship from America. Are you concerned? And I know this is, you know, a little far afield from from what you do, but the AI um, order, the executive order, uh, calls for uh, regulations that will allow the federal government to look through every line of code in software. That seems... Uh, a little terrifying. I know that the government, I don't know who to root for on getting AI first, but I know our government has been looking, trying to develop AI. This gives them, this gives them the keys to all AI, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really a disturbing overreach. Again, this isn't sort of a, uh, a conversation about regulatory philosophy around the edges, you know, where we're talking about, you know, between the 40s, I can agree, I can disagree. What we're seeing is really a pretty hard lurch to the left. And it's a view of the administrative state and a view of government that we haven't seen Ever. in you know, 
decades. Have we, yeah, right. Have it, we ever it, seen it, because this you described this as the old Soviet Union. I think you were the one that described this as the old yeah. Soviet Union. Um, you know, the regulatory state really just taking everything on. Do you stand by that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this this digital equity plan that Biden has asked us to put in place, it is predicated on a less than one page provision that was tucked into the 2021 infrastructure law, less than one page. And it has sort of very high level uh, language about making sure that people don't discriminate in the provision of broadband going forward. It's fine as far as it goes. But the FCC, at President Biden's urging, uh, has just read effectively thousands and thousands of pages into that one page law that Congress never passed. And yes, again, it, it is part of this broader play to empower the administrative state. And, uh, and, and I think it's a problem. Well, thank you for bringing it to our attention. I appreciate it. It's voted on next Tuesday, but it's pretty much a foregone conclusion, is it not? Yeah, this will pass. Next Wednesday is, uh, is the open meeting at the FCC. Uh, it will pass out of the FCC. Um, but again, I think it's important that people still make their voices heard. There is a chance that um, some of the more extreme aspects of this could get walked back before that uh, vote. And so I do think it's important for people to talk about it. And then again, I think we have a chance, a good chance here um, on litigation, on appeal. But, but the businesses also that are regulated need to push back. I mean, look, there's big corporations in this country have been playing footsie with the government for, for various reasons including because the infrastructure law that this was a part of included $65 billion for um, internet bills in this country. And so there's sort of a, a broader warning sign here, a lesson that, that big companies need to learn, which is when you take this type of funding from the government, it comes with strings yes, and the strings are getting does. worse and worse and worse. So we've got to be careful. Thank you. Brendan Carr, FCC commissioner. Appreciate it. God bless. Um, here's Thanks, a, man. here's a number that should shock you right now. There are over 38,000 U S veterans experiencing homelessness right now. Our heroes who signed up to protect and serve us. These people are now living on the streets, sleeping under bridges, lacking basics that you and I enjoy. The Tunnel to Towers found, I was about to say something about all the people that are living in hotels that came across the border. They're even kicking some of those veterans out to make room for uh, illegals. Well, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to helping these people who have sacrificed. They provide housing assistance and service to vets who meet the program's requirements. The Homeless Veterans Program. Last year, they helped 500 veterans. This year, the number is expected to be over 2,000. But that all happens because of you. If you or someone you know is a veteran who is homeless or at risk of homelessness, please go to T2T.org and complete the foundation's entry form so we know who you are and we can help you possibly. If you can help Tunnel to Towers make a difference, please do. 38,000 of our brothers and sisters need it desperately. Consider donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. 10 seconds, station ID. So that's good news. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, uh, there's something, I don't know what it is, but it's the, the AI and the FCC thing. And maybe it's because of my background. I'm an AI nerd. 
And uh, I grew up, you know, starting at 13 years old, you know, in radio, having to take the FCC tests and all their regulations and everything else. And I'm telling you, if they decide to, they'll cut your legs off so fast and you'll have no recourse. This is very dangerous stuff. Very dangerous stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, we all can easily see it if we were to say the First Amendment goes away. Right, we would all see how vital that would be. Can you imagine what America would be like if talk radio didn't exist? I, the left can imagine it, which yes, is why they, they do stuff like this. Yes, they can. And they told us to get out of uh, all of the other businesses and go online. Start your own online thing. That's what they said. So we did. And look what they've done. They just cannot handle free speech. They just can't handle it. By the way, there's a bipartisan government surveillance reform act that is coming out. Uh, Mike Lee is part of this. It is actually bipartisan. Um, There are Republicans and Democrats who are uh, behind this. And it is they want to pass this before they renew Section 702 of the Patriot Act. I don't think anybody should be. 702 should not be um, uh, re, um, re-upped. I, I, sorry. Um, they have proven too irresponsible for it. What they've done is this was to be able for us to spy on people overseas that might be suspected of terrorists. Well, we created secret courts. We know how that has been abused. They're monitoring Americans in the hundreds of thousands, um, you know, there's a there's a very good chance, very good chance that I'm being monitored and people like me probably Stu is monitored uh, Ben Shapiro and they have the right to do that because of Section 702. They are doing now, according to Mike Lee, he said FISA court and the director of national intelligence have confirmed that our government conducted warrantless surveillance of millions of Americans, private communications. It's imperative Congress enact real reforms um, uh, to protect our civil liberties, including warrant requirements and statutory penalties for privacy violations in exchange for reauthorizing Section 702. Our bipartisan government surveillance reform act stops illegal government spying and restores the constitutional rights of all Americans. I think we should we should look into this, but it ends the backdoor search loopholes, uh, the reverse targeting, and the purchases of private data from third-party brokers. You can read all about it on uh, Glenbeck.com or the blaze stand by the glenn back program life doesn't uh, come at you slowly does it it's incredibly busy and you don't have the time to be held back from living your life and doing the things that you have to because of pain The pain we suffer, especially on a regular basis, is caused by inflammation in our joints, in our body. What's amazing about inflammation is it's the source of almost all of our problems. If you've uh, ever had this kind of diehard pain, get rid of it. 
I know you've probably tried everything, but there's a daily supplement out there that helps your body fight that pain, and it has worked wonders for me. 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. Over a million people have tried it, and uh, 70% of them have gone on, gone on to order it again and again. I happen to be one of them. It's called Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. Studios America and Glenn TV back to back tonight. Don't miss it on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn Plus. Well, normally I wouldn't have somebody on who is anti Semitic, who just wants all uh, Jews and Israelis to die. Nor would I have somebody on who is for drunk driving and just wants drunk drivers just to kill a bunch of people. But certainly I would never have a guest on who is both of those things. (laughs) But I'm going to make the exception uh, with Thomas Massey, who is getting unbelievable heat for what I think is doing the right thing. Hello, Thomas. How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn, and thanks for accurately portraying all my positions. Yes. Well, (laughs) you know, I'm just taking it from the press. Uh, Let's start with your rampant anti-Semitism. Well, um, I voted not, and and I know we disagree on this, Mm -hmm. but I I voted not to send $14.3 billion to Israel, and um, I voted not to uh, try to sanction Iran um, as a result of everything that's gone on. And most recently, I guess the, the mortal sin here is I voted not to censure Rashida Tlaib, citing my concerns about the First Amendment and a member's ability, a member of Congress's ability to say what they want, regardless of how hateful and detestable I might think it would be. Okay, now I know your stance on sending other countries money. Uh, you're you're being consistent uh, with all countries, not just Israel. Help me out with the Iran thing. Yeah, so um, one of the resolutions we passed that was to support Israel, and by the way, I agreed with much of the resolution. Uh, I do support Israel. I support their right to defend themselves, and I condemn the atrocities and the attacks that Hamas conducted. Yes. But the first thing that we did in supporting Israel was to try, was this resolution, which if it just said we support Israel would have been great, but I think it tends to expand the conflict when we should be trying to keep the conflict geographically managed. And I was worried that it would give President Biden the authority the imprimatur of Congress to attack Iran. And so mm. I voted against it for okay. that reason. All right. Now let's go to your, your love of drunk drivers. <laughs> Favorite pastime yeah. of mine as well. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so there is buried in this 1039 page law that passed when the Democrats were in the majority, a provision uh, that, and I'm going to read this directly because the Democrats say it's not in there. So I had to read them the law to them. They obviously didn't 
read it before they passed it a couple years ago. But there's a provision for a kill switch in all new vehicles by 2026. And I'm going to read that very quickly. It says it will passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle to accurately identify whether that driver may be impaired and prevent or limit motor vehicle operation if an impairment is detected. In other words, they have mandated that there be technology in every new vehicle sold after 2026 that evaluates your driving performance, gives you a scorecard while you're driving, and if you fail, it will disable the vehicle and put you on the side of the road. There's so many problems with this, even... If you could imagine it would technically work, but it's not going to technically work, there'll be a thousand more false positives than there, than there are actual catching of drunk drivers with this technology. But let's say you're a mom and you've got kids in the car and you've pulled over twice onto the shoulder to let emergency vehicles go by, and then you swerved once for a deer, and now you make your final uh, you know, uh, correction and boom, the car says, okay, we've, we're the judge and the jury. We've adjudicated your driving. We believe you're impaired. You have 100 yards to get to the side of the road. How do you appeal your conviction on the side of the road when it's your car who's convicted you? Well, this doesn't seem like you're four drunk drivers. I was very <laughs> excited to hear that take from you. But um, I will tell you that I, uh, I was at uh, OnStar uh, years ago. Um, and this is before Barack Obama, I was doing commercials for General Motors and mm -hmm. I took a tour of their OnStar facility and it was, uh, in the morning and you could see on their just gigantic electronic board, all of the cars that had OnStar and were activating it and were having trouble or where they were. And I talked to the head of OnStar and he said, yeah, we could we can pretty much disable your car. And I said, have you have you ever done that? And he said, well, you know, with really bad amber alerts, if we really know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, that doesn't sound like a good thing. I mean, I, I celebrate it you know, for the catching of the bad guy. But what are your rules? He said, well, we would never we would never. Well, really, um, I don't like the fact that someone can disable my car for any reason. I don't want the government or the car company or anybody else to disable my car. I don't like the fact that they can track my car, but that's the way it is. I don't want any more of this uh, control of my life in my car. Amen, brother. And what this purports to do, this law, would be to allow an artificial intelligence to decide whether you have the right to travel or not. And that's why I offered an amendment yesterday to defund this. In one of the 12 bills that we're voting on, I offered an amendment to defund this rule, this law. And, uh, you know, I've been here 11 years. I lower my expectations for my colleagues every year, and it's still not low enough because my amendment did not pass. There were 19 Republicans who voted to keep the kill switch mandate in law. Um, what, part of, what part of everyday life and the out-of-control, growing authoritarian state 
do they not see? What part of this do they not understand that, oh, this looks like it could be abused. And the reason why I care about this one is because everything else this government has given control over or been given control over, they have abused. These, these 19 Republicans are to the authoritarian left of AOC because even AOC voted for my amendment because she was concerned about civil liberties on this. So I don't know how you can be a Republican and be for limited government, be against government mandates, be for allowing people to control their own lives, be for private property that you own, not some corporation, not some government, and be for the Bill of Rights, the Ninth Amendment, the Tenth Amendment, and and still want to have this kill switch mandate in these cars. Now, their argument is, oh, we want to catch the drunk drivers. The problem is this technology, the way they've, they've prescribed it, will have far more false positives, and, the, and it will crush your liberties if, if, the, if this goes into place. My only hope here, Glenn, is that this technology they want is so ridiculous that they will put off the mandate once they realize they can't do it. That's my hope. I will tell you, I was um, I took a road trip with my son from Chicago to uh, Dallas last weekend, and there was a point on the road trip where I was looking for something. I was driving. I shouldn't have been doing this, but I was driving and I was trying to get something in behind my seat. And I swerve a couple of times. There's no other cars on the road, but I take my eyes off the road and I'm grabbing and I swerve. And then I'm like, okay, okay, I got to pay more attention. And I do it again and I swerve again. The car said to me, is it time for you to take a rest? (laughs) My truck says the same thing. It puts up a coffee uh, icon. And then if you swerve a third time, or even if you just change lanes without using your blinker in my truck, if you do that enough times, it, it audibly puts a, a warning up and a bright red signal that says, you know, pull over, get some rest. The problem is what they will do in 2026 is connect that to your ignition and disable your vehicle. Now, let's say they... Who's going to come to the side of the road? Does the car lock itself and keep you there until the police can come and evaluate what, you know, your reasons? This is, this is very problematic. But the technology you're describing, Glenn, I believe has a camera that is using some image processing to look at the lines in the road. Yes. Here's the questions that I have. Who has access to that camera when, you know, and do they have to get a warrant to get that? Does your insurance company start getting this streamed, you know, your driving score straight to the insurance company? Oh, do yes, they have- it does. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. The other is the technology that is being put in cars now that scans your eyes. It, it is supposedly being able to tell if you're too sleepy to drive by looking at your eyes. Uh, Correct. And the- Another camera that will be in your car, who has access to that camera and under what authority and do they need a warrant? Um, These are questions that haven't been answered, but another congressman who serves on the Transportation Committee, his name's Scott Perry, who happens to also be chairman of the Freedom Caucus, he and I sent a letter to Secretary 
Buttigieg, I'm, they're trying to school me here on how to pronounce that, uh, that, that ask them these questions because we don't know how they plan to implement this technology, but we can't imagine a good way to implement this no. technology. No, not no, you don't give this to a government that is asking for a renewal of Section 702 and they violated everything in that. That is that that is, you know, your sacred honor to uphold those things. If that government can't not spy on its own people, we catch them silencing people and working with private organizations and private companies to silence people. You're going to give them more powerful, uh, more power with your car. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, and, and what is what is impaired when you have COVID? Are you impaired? Will they disable you from traveling? Can you still get to a hospital uh, if they? I mean, because they put brace ankle bracelets on people in Kentucky. Our governor did uh, when they refused to to sign a certificate saying they wouldn't leave their house. Just disable the uh, just just disable the cars. You're not That's leaving. Right. Uh, thank you so much, Thomas. I'm, I'm sorry for the heat you're getting, but, I, you know, it comes with a job, unfortunately. But, geez, the it. mother's against drunk driving. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, Glenn. Re- you bet. Representative Thomas Massey uh, from the great state of Kentucky. Again, just talking about why he loves drunk driving uh, and uh, and hates Israel. I think that's what we learned. <laughs> All right. You got to get new towels, go to the store, get great towels, get, you know, you can get towels that are very, very absorbent, right? How much money are you going to cost you? And are they really, really great? Here's a question. Why even bother with the store now? MyPillow is announcing two brand new lines of my towels for you to try made with amazing ring spun cotton, which makes them incredibly absorbent and soft. And now you can get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98 with my promo code Beck. You can get the designer premium line for $20 more. That I think is for company only. I don't, no idea. Uh, But no matter what set you decide on, there's a 50% savings. The towels actually work. What a concept. To find the offer, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square, and check out the new My My Towel six-piece towel set and get 50% in savings. Remember, enter the promo code BECK for the savings. You can call them now at 800-966-3117, 800-966-3117, or you can go to MyPillow.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So you remember those scholastic uh, book fairs? Oh yeah, yeah, they were fun. They were they? fun, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, not so much anymore. No, we, we've grown to trust scholastic like we grew to, to trust what is it? Scholastic, whatever. Um, you listening to this show for pronunciation of words? I'm surprised she's listening to the show at all. Frankly, yeah, thank you, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, the book fair we trusted it. Like we trusted Disney. That was a fun day. That was a fun day at school. It was. The it book was. fair was cool. Right. Not so much. Not so much. No? Not so much. Uh, Kirk Cameron is coming in 
Um, he is uh, going to tell us the, the kind of unknown truth about the Scholastic uh, brand Uh-oh. and some of the things they're doing. And uh, um, there's going to be ruined for me. Is that what's going to no, happen? No, 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 no. He's actually starting another one, the SkyTree Book Fairs. And mm. uh, he's announcing something on the program. Uh, you know, they started saying, let's take back our libraries back over the summer. And he was doing library readings. And look, you can keep stuff in libraries. You know, let's put it in the right sections. Maybe maybe there's a place for, you know, library books with the beads, you know, on the door frame. You know, maybe you have to go back and you shouldn't be, you know, you should be over this tall to ride this ride. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, he's been working on education and books and reading, and I think he has some exciting stuff to talk about uh, coming up next. Yeah, you think uh, the leadership of, of young children, young minds, an important part of our country's future, mm. which at this point we seem to just be assigning to um, iPads and AI. That's our. That seems to be our approach for the next, I don't know, a couple decades. Let's see what happens. You know, what ha- the phone thing was a great example of this. We were like, hey, what happens if we turn over 10, 12 hours a day to a device we carry in our pocket and never look at each other in the eyes again? What could go wrong? Let's give it a whirl. Let's not talk seen, about it in advance. Let's just go yeah, for it. I don't think we've seen any ill effects of that. No. 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 You know, we are, we, it is so amazing because if somebody came down and was looking at society and saying, you, what do you mean you guys are depressed? You're not communicating with each other, blah, blah, blah. I mean, have you thought about your iPads and your phones? And we, we'd make all kinds of excuses for them. All kinds. That's the answer. It really is. That's the answer. The Amish. I mean, except for the horse and buggy thing and the no electricity and, well, all the things that make our life. Phones, you know, they were right. Besides that, besides all those things. And maybe iPads and television and cable and satellite.